high atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking Catholic. Excited to be here. We are amidst the Advent season and I am back with my good friend, Mike Walsh. Good to be here. You are back with your good friend. And uh, as pro- people could probably tell from the, the podcast, we're doing this as a Zoom, uh, we're, uh, which is infuriating me on uh, various levels right now uh, for one reason. But it actually makes me happy in another reason, because in the background, I can hear your beautiful son uh, oh. playing, playing in the other room. And I, I love that. I think that's wonderful. Thanks. It's, uh, you know, when you have to split time between your vocation as a mother and your vocation as a youth minister, you get... John Paul coming around all the time too in the background. We were on a Zoom. Oh, I was gonna say we were on a Zoom earlier today with the high school students who are uh, the Rock Club. Uh, we've had a podcast about that back a little over a year mm-hmm. ago, and uh, Youth Ministry Insights has an episode coming out about that too in the next few months. But anyway, uh, I was there with about 15 students on this particular podcast, and John Paul comes walking by, starts waving. And he's like, mommy treat. So I open up the Advent calendar and I use it as a whole little lesson on Advent for them because I was giving him his little Advent chocolate so they could, uh, you know, see. I was like, who has these? All right, we're in the season of Advent. And it was it was great. It worked out. And John Paul enjoyed uh, being with everybody, too. That's good. He's a delight. We've uh, he's been at a number of our recordings and he's such a sweetheart of a kid. And he has such a wonderful story just coming into the world. It's always mm. great when we get to sort of hear him in the background. But at the same time, as, as glad as I am, as I get to hear him squealing joyfully in the background, um, I'm also irate because we're having this podcast via Zoom today. And yet these are right. two of my absolutely favorite guests mm-hmm. and one of my favorite co-hosts that I would ordinarily be thrilled to have all three of you in a room together. Yes, and yet here yeah. we are spread out across South Jersey, one in Glassboro, one in Vineland, I think, and one in Williamstown. So Carrie, who do we have with us this week? Yeah, two of my favorite guests as well, and and people just in general. So uh, we have Rebecca Hardy and Allison, oh, Filion, did I say it right? Filio, Allison Filio. I should have checked that before. I just know her as Allie, really. (laughs) But uh, they are the the, uh, campus ministers at um, where Rebecca is at Rowan in Glassboro, and Allie is at Stockton down, uh, is it considered, um, what town is in it? Pomona. Pomona, New Jersey. Pomona or Galloway. Yeah, or Galloway. Yeah, it comes up different every time you put in a GPS. I'm always confused by that. But, but they well, have- Allie, thank you very much for joining us today. We appreciate that. You're, uh, you're- I'm always happy to be here. No, it's, it's an absolute treat. I often, whenever Allie is on the uh, podcast, I always apologize to her because uh, in the first she- season, she and uh, some of her students uh, – came on the podcast and we had a great conversation about a trip they had taken at the time and they're getting their reflections on it. And I, I, on my own had completely screwed up the audio. It's one of the, oh. it is the, it is officially the worst sounding podcast we've ever recorded. <laughs> However, the content was so good. I had to put mm-hmm. it up. So mm-hmm. if you, if you're willing to fight through that and go back about three years worth of podcasts, it's really, if you could, if you could fight through the terrible audio, it's a wonderful conversation. But Ali, so once again, as always, I apologize. But today will be much better, I promise. <laughs> and Rebecca was on once before, not on this topic. We, she actually, uh, we were having a conversation on the, and I can't believe I didn't write it down, so I'd remember it right off the top of my head. Rebecca, what were we talking about? 
the charismatic renewal weekend we were, oh, that's nice. right the charismatic renewal weekend which uh that year was the first time i had been and it was a wonderful experience and rebecca was on with father renee uh canalis who's now the pastor at our lady of guadalupe parish shrine in lindenwald and it was a really wonderful powerful actually uh podcast experience where um you know uh rebecca talked about her connection to the charismatic movement and uh i encourage everyone to go back and, and listen to that one as well but but instead rebecca and ali are with us today to talk about campus ministry in the time mm -hmm. of covid um so you know we this is something carrie and i are, have, are very fond of campus ministry in oh, general yes. Yes. um and so whenever we get an opportunity to have a conversation about it uh we love to do that so it had been a little while since uh, we've had ali on to talk about campus ministry and we never had rebecca on so we thought this would be a a good opportunity so rebecca you know, you're also our newest campus minister in the diocese. I think you've been on the job for slightly more than a year now. Um, how has it, how has it been? How was it? Okay, let me start from the beginning. What is campus <laughs> minister? What is your job as a campus minister? I guess is the best way to start. Okay, my job as a campus minister is building a spiritual home, I would say for the students who are here mm -hmm. at Rowan, because Rowan is a public university, so they don't have the chance to really take classes about their faith, about theology, to learn more about the Lord. And so with our campus ministry department, we make it easier for the students to learn about Jesus through weekly meetings. We have the student mass every week. We have Bible study. Um, we're currently doing RCIA. We have seven students who are becoming fully initiated into the awesome. Catholic Church uh, later this year. So very excited about that. So yeah, just giving opportunities for people to learn more about their faith, to make friends, to, to have a home for that. That is wonderful. Now, Carrie, this is something that's always been close to your heart because you actually mm -hmm. did. You were you were a member of campus ministry in your in your college days. I went to a Jesuit institution where every day was campus ministry day. Mm -hmm. um, but um, Allie, for from your perspective down in Galloway, um, you know, in general, how many students do you have, and where do they tend to come from in, at the university? So Stockton is a different campus, you know, every year, every semester, every meeting is different for us. Um, so we've ranged, you know, we're probably about like 20 to 30 active students a year, um, which is a good amount. And they come from mostly New Jersey. Stockton is, you know, a large commuter campus. So that provides like some challenges, but there are some people from out of state or North Jersey who are resident, who are residents on campus. So, you know, fun fact, Rebecca and I both work at public universities, but here we go. Here's your quiz question. Do you know that we both attended the same university? Yes. Really? About 10 years apart. Yeah, we both graduated from Mount St. Mary's University. So, yes, which, oh, which wow. is such a, uh, you know, I see so many great young people coming out of that university. I've had several of my young adults attend there, and you could just see the great foundation that they give for at a college level for Catholicism, unlike some Jesuit universities. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I digress. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, I, I came from a public college, a public university, actually, where Rebecca is working, Rowan University. I, I attended there by being not a commuter, although I live 10 minutes from it now, but at the time had, was from North Jersey, 
and attended there. And I had no idea what a Newman Center was, what it meant, who it was named after, that it was Catholic, that they even existed until my second week on campus at Rowan and my RA mentioned it. When I mentioned I had went to church and she's like, did you go to the Newman Center? I said, what is that? <laughs> like, makes you a new man? Like, what do you mean? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> and then um, come to find out what Newman Centers actually are. So it was such a blessing in my life. I met my husband there. I met my current pastor, who's my boss there. He was the uh, priest assigned there at the time. But I, my question to you guys, I guess, just before we get dive into all the COVID stuff is, how do you find, um, how did the students find you as campus ministers? Because like, if it wasn't for that RA telling me that I probably, I don't know how long it would have taken for me to come across it. Maybe at like, you know, one of the times where all the clubs come out and share or something, I would have came across it eventually. But I was thankful I did very early on in my weeks at Rowan as a freshman and, and later became the president and so involved in the Newman Center and still has such a special place in my heart today. So how does like the recruitment work and like the getting the word out there, the evangelization work for these students? Cause you are at public universities. That's, you know, they don't think to look for the Catholic club or the Catholic organization on campus. I'm sure it's not their first thought when they get to college, maybe some, but most probably not. You know, I've been surprised. I've had two students in my time at Stockton who specifically in their college application pro process made sure there was a Catholic group on campus. Um, really? Which yeah. I, I like that was the furthest thing on my mind when I went away to college. So mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. is the most surprising thing to me. But, um, for, you know, I don't know how, you know, I'm sure Rowan kind of operates in the same way, but the first thing we do for recruitment is pray. Like this is really like God's ministry. Um, I'm one person and, you know, our chaplain is one person and there's a lot of students on campus. And so the first thing to do is, you know, I pray every day for the Lord to open the hearts of whoever he wants involved in our ministry. Um, because it's that softening, you know, over time that will let people say yes, you know, and then there's the encounters, you know, Father Philip and I try to be a presence on campus, you know, before COVID, um, you know, I would go and spend a couple days just sitting in the coffee shop or walking around campus. And um, our big outreach comes each semester with, it's called the Get Involved Fair at Stockton, where we're able to reach out to new students um, that way. And then also through word of mouth. You know, our students are the best people who bring more people. And I would say as far as Rowan goes, we do... Um, we also have an activities fair at the beginning of the year, which is really good because it can get a lot of new students who may have never heard of campus ministry to come up. Um, this year that happened virtually. So we submitted a video just kind of introducing our core team members and um, giving some more information about what we do and who we are. We put some pictures in it. So that was really nice. But it seems more recently the most popular way that we're getting people is through our social, our social media page. So our Instagram, um, we had at our opening barbecue, we had four new students come up and I asked them, you know, like, how did you hear about us? And they said, we looked up your social media to see if there was anything Catholic to do with Rowan. And then we saw you were having um, like a social distance barbecue and we wanted to yeah. check it out. So, and they've continued coming throughout the semester, which is beautiful. Oh, great. Um, so that seems to be right now the most effective way. And like Allison said, definitely praying for them, praying for, uh, you know, anyone who's called to be a part of this ministry, which I'm sure is all the students the Lord would like to, to draw into this. And 
So we're constantly praying for growth and for more students to be drawn to it. And the students are very good about bringing friends with them because we always encourage them every week, you know, if you know anyone who might want to hear on this topic that we're talking about next week, really encourage them to come with you because it's so much easier to go somewhere if a friend invites you first. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been a huge way that we reach out in our ministry. Makes sense. Yeah. I, you know, I work with young adults as well as youth and bringing the friend is always like the best way of getting people to new people to come because they trust their friends. If their friends are going to invite them, they trust them. But I think also on the college level, that prayer is more important than ever because that sense of openness, because at that point as college students, a lot of them have made their decision. Do I want to follow God or not? Am I open to God or not? Am I, you know, going this way or that way? So I, I, I think that prayer is probably the, the key essential part, part of growing your ministries, which is amazing. I mean, that's awesome. How, um, how do you run your ministries? Like I know there've been dinners in the past and things like, how, how, again, we're, we're still talking pre-COVID for a minute. How, uh, how do you usually do your ministries? Are they weekly, bi-weekly? I, I heard some talk of student masses and such. I know, Allison, if you want to go first. Yeah, you know, so the way I sort of like conceptualize campus ministry is, you know, I loved college. I came back to my faith in college, but I've been out of college about triple the amount of time that I was in it. And it's so short. Um, and so really campus ministry is, is a, the opportunity to form, and this comes from another organization, but to form people to live, to live out their faith for the long haul. Um, and life is filled with ordinary moments. So working with students um, to live out their faith in ordinary ways through the ordinary days. And so we do have like weekly meetings for Newman Club through the semester. We have like our Sunday mass and our Sunday dinner and fellowship, you know, and every semester it's just sort of taking the, I don't know what that word is, but like taking the temperature for like what the students need. So some semesters I run a couple Bible studies, some semesters I do an apologetics group, some semesters I'm just meeting with students on campus for coffee and forming relationships um some semesters it's just playing games or you know doing silly things but um I would say the crux of it is really gathering for mass on Sundays and through the week and the Wednesday night formal meeting times and then the rest is like the sprinkles on top mm, the sprinkles <laughs> I like that <laughs> Nice. How about for you, Rebecca? How has like the flow of a typical semester for you over there at Rowan? Yeah, I mean, our main event is definitely our Wednesday night meetings. This is our most um, like heavily and frequently attended uh, because I think some people are more comfortable to go to a meeting than they would be to go to mass uh, specifically. So we do get a lot of people and like even if they're drawn in by the food, there's something that that seems to draw people to the Newman night. And from there, I mean, Father Rossi and myself both attempt during the meetings to provide a challenge for the week, to ask questions of reflection that we can kind of touch on the next week when we return. So it's kind of this, it's like we come together and then we go our separate ways just as we would at the end of any mass. And, you know, we send them out into the world to live out whatever it is that we have just talked about. And a huge thing that we try to focus on is keeping the faith simple and focusing on things like, how can I get greed out of my life? Or how can, 
you know, I combat jealousy. You know, it's these these simple topics of faith that everyone can take something with them after it. So, so yeah, our Wednesday nights, we have, we have food, we have fellowship at the beginning, and then we go into whatever topic we have. It's been largely discussion based so that people can, you know, answer our discussion questions and really start a conversation around it to really like solidify and to be able to share ideas with each other. And then uh, we have a biweekly Bible study that'll meet here on Thursdays. And then, um, yeah, we also have the RCIA classes going on. So every night of the week, there's kind of something different happening uh, that will draw different groups of people. And yeah, and then we have our student mass on Saturdays at 4.30 that they gather for. We can't do dinner after that anymore, but before COVID, we used to do a monthly dinner with uh, the people of the parish. Yeah, I've attended some of those that really good dinners and meals that you guys have provided. I'm sure they drew, drew Drew in a lot of the college students just for the food alone. And so the second you say food, honestly, free food actually is the key. (laughs) Free food, right? Doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. And now, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I should say that um, just for for transparency's sake, that um, the Rowan Catholic Campus Ministry is part of St. Bridget's University Parish, which also happens to be my parish. So I, I get to see the college kids quite a bit certainly more pre-COVID days than, than I get to see them now. Um, but at, what was lovely about the way that the Catholic ministry and the parish and that particular setup are, are combined is uh, you, there is actually quite a bit of overlap. And in the good old days, pre-COVID days, um, it was open to parishioners to attend the Sunday night after mass meals, mm-hmm. which my son always made sure we went to because they were always delicious meals that would uh, be appreciated by younger palates. So it was always, Dad, let's get out of the house and go get some spaghetti meatballs. Um, there was always a ton of food, and but it was also a very positive experience. So it was nice to see the traditional uh, or the territorial uh, Catholics uh, spending quality time with the, the, the these young um, college-age Catholics and sort of coming together that was always, uh, for me anyway, it was always quite nourishing. Plus, um, the things have changed a little bit, but I, I Back in the day, uh, the uh, Newman House there had its own ba- chapel. Back in the day. Back in the day when you were. I young, was there for that so, day. <laughs> so many years ago, but now it they, was. They've act- through um, Father Rossi, they've uh, they've actually done a great job of reincorporating the parish itself back into the spiritual life of the Newman Center. So now a lot of the spiritual activities actually take place at the parish as opposed to the um, to the Newman Center. Uh, and they the last time I was there, it was converted into a games room, uh, which uh, which I have to say, I was like, yeah, I could definitely see that being uh, maybe some students would be more appreciative of that than uh, than when it was a simple <laughs> chapel. <laughs> yeah, but, it's pretty cool. We, we, back in my day, back in the old days, Carrie, it was even a different Newman Center and a whole different location. But we did have the chapel there, and we had no game room, which I would have enjoyed a game room. So I like the idea. Did, would Carrie, were you in college there in the last millennium or in this millennium? I'm just curious. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I was there from 2000 to 2004, so I just oh, okay. made it. I made it. <laughs> well, my wife was there in the in the former millennium, and yeah. uh, she. That's actually why I never. I didn't even know what a Newman Center was because once again, I went to a Catholic university, so we didn't have them there uh, until I met my wife, and she would speak on and on about. Really, it, it in many mm-hmm. ways it kept her into her faith. As a matter of fact. 
your uh, chaplain there at the time, uh, Father Maz, was hers as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And she owes him a great deal of debt, uh, keeping her focused on her faith while she was in college as well. She was a commuter and then she was only on campus for like one year, but it, it really meant a lot to her. Yeah, no, it's so true. The work that you guys do, you know, as campus ministers is, is literally life changing for these students. Um, I know even my own husband came back to the faith because of the Newman Center. And just la- this past Sunday at Youth Group, this is really funny to show how like the work that Newman Centers do and how important it is. I called it Newman 2.0 because there was 10 kids at my high school youth group that their parents had met at Newman centers. And now the kids are coming to youth ministry because the parents are very active in their faith and they want the same for their, their kids. And they knew me while I was at Newman center. And I'm like the closest active in-person high school youth ministry going on right now. So they sent them all there. And I was like, this is Newman 2.0. Like, this is crazy. So, you know, the work that happens there that takes place with, giving these young students the faith, it, it's its life-changing. It truly is. I mean, the work that you do. Carrie, do you realize you just came up with a marketing pitch that we could be using <laughs> for Catholic Campus Ministry? All right, uh, Rebecca and Allie, let's talk about that after the podcast, because uh, I think that's a really good idea. Let's let's take some of those ideas. So, um, so Allie and Rebecca, we know that you've mentioned earlier about being on public institutions. So one of the questions I had for you was, do you get any friction as a Catholic entity on, on a, on a public uh, institution where, you know, the Catholic faith might not jive with what's considered a secular world, like a college campus, you know, Ali, have there ever been any issues related to your relationship with the, either the university itself or maybe other students on the university? Um, no, there's certainly been no issues because we're Catholic. You know, I have a very good relationship with the the staff I'm in contact with on campus. You know, we have, um, like I'm an affiliate of the university. So there's certain like benefits that come with that. And the people, you know, have been very helpful. Um, Stockton itself has a interfaith council that it's, yeah, I can't remember what it's called. CRC is the acronym, but I, council for religious anyway um it's all the faiths on campus and so they're very active and that's where if we um you know money is funneled through them to each of the religious clubs so we can you know they help pay for our retreats each semester or other things so you know there really hasn't been any friction um you know i i we're as a club respectful that it is a secular university um, also, but they've been helpful and always welcoming if we're having like a- to distribute ashes or have mass, you know, to help accommodate us on campus. Well, that's good. That's very good. How about you, Rebecca? Um, I would say for the most part, it's very friendly, especially because our building is a little bit off campus. There's not really much uh, <laughs> that the university could do about it. Um, but I will say that some of the students have said, just like based on material that's given to them in class, that some of the things they're taught are pretty contrary to the Catholic faith. So I'd say that's the biggest um, like discrepancy between us and like the university is just kind of the philosophy behind what we're teaching. Um, there was one difficulty last year where we were having a pro-life speaker come to speak on campus in the ballroom, and there was some... I I think it was described to me as a paperwork issue uh, last minute that was trying to derail the speaker saying like, you can't have her in. There's no, like you did not get this approved. 
Um, but thankfully, Father Rossi has a connection to the vice president of the university. So got that cleared up. But we were pretty sure that was more of like, we don't want this speaker coming in because mm. it's such like a, a touchy topic. Um, but besides that, it's been pretty smooth sailing. I know that we get along well with the other clubs on campus. And the students that are part of the Newman Center are just really good people. They're very kind, very warm and welcoming. So, you know, thank God they really just, yeah, they seem to get along with everybody else on campus and uh, make a good name for Rome Catholic campus ministry. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm happy to say that I was able to attend two uh, Rowan Catholic campus ministry events on campus last year on campus physical. Um, one was the pro-life speaker, which was truly impressive and powerful and was a good turnout. And, and thanks be to God, did not, uh, we did not see any protests come to it. I, I was there in an official capacity just in case something went sideways. Um, but actually, it was a wonderful, wonderful event. And then I, I came to another one, um, which was actually, if I'm not mistaken, the last uh, Catholic event I attended pre-COVID, as a matter of fact. It was on Ash Wednesday of last year. Mm. And it was a communion service that was held in the middle of the student union on Rowan's uh, campus. And Carrie, you would have been in heaven, quite frankly, because <laughs> the entire floor was filled with I Catholics. saw it didn't you it was amazing it was the most amazing photos thing or seen. something I, I remember seeing it or it was live streamed there was something I don't know if Father Rossi live streamed it but I remember seeing either photos or videos from it and being super impressed because it was in the was it in the pit it was in I the wrote, pit yeah I saw I saw pictures from it it was amazing it was amazing really yeah and it just was, to was, go out like that because that was probably like <laughs> the last thing seriously. yeah before we went out with a big one too at our lady piece with paul j kim so i was like all right well that was our last <laughs> big thing before a lockdown i'll take it you know like that's great like that's your last big thing to remember you know but it, it was just so great to see a, a catholic such a, an enormous catholic awesome. uh, activity on a on a on a notoriously and i, I don't mean that to make that sound mean but a notoriously secular campus like uh rowan university which has been growing by leaps and bounds in south jersey and now mm -hmm. comprises i think three major campuses in camden stratford and glassboro um, it's, it's bordering on one of the largest universities in, in the region in terms of uh, size. Um, but the fact that it was able to hold such an enormous Catholic event there was really, was really wonderful. Did, um, was that something like when you and Father Rossi planned that, Rebecca, was that something you, did you have an idea that it was going to be such a big deal or did, would that kind of surprise you? Uh, we were a bit shocked because we had a service earlier in the day in one of the classrooms and we got you know, maybe 15, 20 students. And I was like, okay, tonight might be, you know, maybe we'll get like 20, 30, maybe 40. Um, and then as we got going with the service and I went up to do announcements and I looked out, I was like, oh, wow. Oh my gosh. Like that is a lot of students. And even as we were starting, there were still more students pouring in and people walking by would just see what was going on and they would come in and sit down. And there was just so many I would say like hundreds of people that ended up being in there and it was just, it was beautiful. And it feels so moving to be a part of something that big and to be surrounded by so many people there with similar beliefs and, you know, it's powerful. Uh, that's amazing. That's awesome. So now we can't get those kind of crowds. <laughs> Unfortunately. I always look back at my phone at photos and I'm like, you like, you see where like COVID hit. Cause all of a sudden it goes from like, all these people in photos to like everyone separated masks on and you're like, there's the changeover. <laughs> so initially with, you know, the Newman centers and such, I'm, 
I guess what happened back in March because schools got dismissed, like colleges got sent home basically at that time. You know, did you guys continue remotely on Zoom or an, another platform or do other things? Like, how was that whole initial lockdown for you guys, and then kind of moving into like the new semester? Then how has it changed things? So, Ali, how's it been for you with all that? You know, it, at the so it happened right at our spring break. I think the students all oh, right, yeah, um, and then they didn't come back. So. <laughs> um, it was a bit bizarre. We just switched our meetings over to Zoom. Um, and that's when having a young child comes in handy because you just, you know, my teaching experience and having the child, you know, you just do stupid stuff like on Zoom, like, okay, let's guess, here's my box. Like, let's guess what's in my box tonight. Like, what do you think? Mm -hmm. um, so sort of like the format of the meetings changed. I certainly had to get more creative. Right. Um, and I, I kept doing like I last semester we did, you know, I had Bible studies. So we did those over Zoom and just I had to be more intentional um, to like make sure I was still reaching out and having and continuing conversations. But the rest just took place online for the rest of the semester. We did rosaries online. We did um, our meetings online and then that continued through. Did you want me to talk about the fall right now too, or? Well, maybe we'll go to Rebecca for that yeah. the lockdown, and then we'll get we'll get into the fall because I'm sure there's a whole lot more there because ever changing with all that. Yeah. Yeah, much the same as Allie. We also were going into our spring break, and originally they had said, you know, we're going to extend spring break another week, uh, mm -hmm. so you'll just have two weeks off now. And then so the students went home, and we were wondering the whole time what was going to happen with that. And then before we knew it, the email was sent out that the students would not be returning to campus for the rest of the semester. And thankfully, before uh, we even had the extra week of spring break, Father Rossi and I had gotten together to talk about the possibility of a shutdown. And so we planned some uh, meetings online. So we already had, you know, brainstormed that we would like to move it online and then Zoom I had never heard of it before. And then suddenly mm -hmm. everything was happening on there. So we decided to go with that. That's how we did our meetings. Um, it was really good. I mean, we only had a couple of meetings left for the semester anyway. And our last one, we actually combined with Stockton. So both oh, wow. Allison and I led the meeting. Yeah, no, it was very sweet. And we got to say goodbye to our seniors, which was, that was, I have to say, the hardest part of the shutdown in the spring was that we had some wonderful seniors that we didn't get to actually like hug and say goodbye and yeah. you know just tell them how much we love them in person but you know the lord still provided with these online platforms yeah that's so true mm -hmm. seniors so then, so then oh, you, you get the oh summertime to to think a little bit and we become a little more accustomed to covid and you're like all right, how do we figure this out for the fall? Right. So, so Allie, like, uh, what, what changes did you make from the, the spring into the fall to figure out uh, maybe other ways of, or new ways or more expanded ways of integrating within the guidelines? Yeah, so, you know, Stockton is, is a different school. The Where our center is, it's a little bit further off campus, um, and the, some students don't have cars. So we, our Wednesday meetings, which is one of the biggest things, is always held on campus. So... Um, that wasn't going to be possible for the fall semester because um, of Stockton's guidelines that they set for clubs. Like there had to be limited on in-person events. Um, so that wasn't going to be possible for our Wednesday meeting. So that, you know, it was sort of like a bummer at first, like, okay, we have to 
sort of keep that on Zoom. Our other option would be to provide transportation to the center, but also students were given the option to either do remote learning or be in person. So we had a lot of our members who weren't even coming back to campus. So just to be able to like keep them a part of our community, we keep, we've kept our Wednesday meeting on Zoom. And then our Sunday night, we just continued, you know, we fought, we have, we have a new chaplain this semester who's, he, he must be um, extroverted. Like he's just, you know, he's so happy and joyous and um, is so grateful to be the chaplain at Stockton. So he has so many great ideas. He's really, um, you know, we set up for mass, we've had dinner, we make sure it's socially distant, you know, make sure everything's prepackaged and, you know, gloved and sanit mm -hmm. sanitary. Um, and then, so Sunday night, Father Philip, you know, we wanted to provide some more formation and time of prayer as a community. And so every night before mass, he does adoration for just like 15, 20 minutes. Um, and then we go into mass, we have dinner and that fellowship. And then he really, this semester has taken the lead on being present on campus. So he calls up the students and like, we'll say like, okay, everyone, we're getting Duncan today, meet here at this time. You know, everyone, we're going, I'm checking out the food court, you know, <laughs> it's really just like forged relationships with the students. So right. um, that's sort of how we've adapted it. You know, we've done some service together. We've done a lot of different things, but really our relationship is really just about m relationships. And so in the same way I have relationships with my friends, those have continued through COVID, like, you know, how we keep those and sustain those relationships might look a little different, but it just feels sort of natural with everything going on. Mm. It's great to hear. Beautiful to hear, actually. How about you, you Rebecca? Duncan? Wait, wait, you have a Duncan oh, on sorry. campus? Yeah, on campus. That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that is the one thing I heard. I was like, Duncan and campus. Wow. Does yeah. Rowan, does, Rowan doesn't have one on campus yet, do they? Unfortunately, no. We yeah. Coffee. Nope. <laughs> Stockton wins. <laughs> nope. That's exactly <laughs> what I say. Nice. Nice. All right. How about you, Rebecca? How's it look since COVID? Yeah. Well, fortunately, um, we have been able to meet in person this semester. So we started off with just um, using our backyard because we have a huge backyard here at the mm -hmm. Newman Center. We have a couple of fire pits that we would just we would just light these fires all around and have this big socially distanced oval that we could speak you know, father and I, we got this big, um, like microphone speaker thing so that they could hear us in the back of the yard. Cause if not, like our voices were hurting so bad at the end of the first meeting, cause we're like screaming. Um, but yeah, we've been able to be with them in person. Same as Allie with the prepackaged food, actually for a meeting tonight, we are having Chick-fil-A, um, delivered. <laughs> so we're going to have like Chick-fil-A sandwiches. Um, cause I always say it's the Lord's chicken. So I always think it's like yeah. appropriate for our meeting. <laughs> it is the Lord's um, chicken. I had it last yeah. night for dinner. <laughs> I love chicken. Me too. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, yeah, and so it's been nice to be able to see the students again. And when we're outside, you know, it's nice to be able to have our masks off so we can smile at each other, even if it's from a distance. And uh -huh. um, when it's very cold, um, keeping up with our buildings, limited amount of people that we can have in it, we try to move the students inside if we can. Um, and then they just keep their masks on inside. Um, 
Yeah. So we're just abiding by the, the guidelines that we have for now and trying to work with any limitations that are sent our way. It has been a little difficult, just always readjusting. And father said something in one of his homilies recently that, you know, this whole pandemic has made even the simplest things a lot harder because, you know, even breathing has become something that's like labored um, mm. because we have to wear a mask. And, you know, so even I would say that's true also for campus ministry, that even the things that were so simple last year, like food or, you know, like getting to greet the people and socialize with them have become like, OK, am I doing this right? Am I far enough away? Am I being responsible? You know, like there's so many questions that are just constantly going through your head. But, you know, thank God that we just get to like be together and see each other and, and welcome some new students that are that are here this year. Uh, it's been incredible. And actually, Carrie, I have to thank you. There's a senior student, um, his name's Patrick, and he said that he had gone to your young adult group, I think a year or two ago and met you and you had said to go to campus ministry and his his uh, schedule was free this semester. So he's been joining us every week. Oh, that's uh, but that's great. thanks to your recommendation. I, You know what? That's awesome to hear. I Anytime, and, and it goes both ways because we have many Stockton, Emro, and alumni and current students that come to our young adult group because our young adult group goes to 28 years old. So it's a great next step for people when they graduate college to uh, continue with, you know, young adult ministry in a different way. So thank you, ladies. And and anytime I meet a student, like I, I've done gigs at not Stockton, but at Rowan with my other job. And if I see a crucifix on or something, I'm always like, Hey, do you know that there's a Catholic <laughs> campus ministry? Like any opening to, you know, share that with them because as I mentioned, like I wasn't, I mean, you guys are doing a great job. You know, social media wasn't a thing then. And, you know, it was just, it was different times uh, back in 2000 to 2004. So um, in, in this millennial though, but uh, it was, you know, it was harder to kind of figure out where things were. So anytime you can kind of lead somebody to, you know, lead the horse to the water to, to, to let them drink, you know, let's, it's, you know, we all work together. So it's great. You know, I, I have such a love for the students that come out of the Newman centers and many of them are now active young adults in our, our ministry. One of them actually brings a heater for our, one of yours, Allie, Joe. The Joe. He brings our heater every week for our big new tent outside. So we can sit outside still and be together. And, and Joe, Joe he is a servant. He is a true a servant. servant. He's like, I have a heater. I'll bring it. He set it all up. And I'm like, you're amazing. Like, he, yeah. You know, he's just good with all that. So yeah, he's one of your, one of your grads and such a great young man does so much good work. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, one of the things that I was always a bit jealous of whenever I would see the, since I follow everybody's social media um, and, and certainly I see the stuff that Rebecca puts in, in our parish. Uh, one of the things I've always been quite jealous of is the fact that your, your students get to go on retreat uh, like once mm -hmm. in the spring semester, once in the fall semester, were you able to do that this year or are you planning something for the spring? We did have a fall retreat this semester. We did, you know, usually it's a whole weekend, um, but I personally, I wasn't comfortable doing that. I didn't know how I would organize like my family with that. Um, so we just did a day retreat, a day long retreat. Um, I was able to do food outside. We had um, a couple talks and it was really just time for them to be together so it was a great, it was a great day. The students loved it. Um, and it was really, yeah, it was just like really beneficial to our ministry. So for the spring, um, Father Philip and I are still just sort of, you know, if we do something, we'll probably do another day retreat. 
Um, but we're just sort of waiting to see how things go over the next few weeks before we make a final decision or something like that. Yeah. How about, how about you, Rebecca? Rebecca? Well, we had a retreat planned and overnight uh, at the discovery house and everything was worked out. And then, um, Murphy came out with his new restriction of 10 people inside at once. Um, and we couldn't justify that because, you know, this is not in our usual curriculum. It's not our usual religious gathering. Um, so then we decided to do something here outside. And the day that it would have to be pushed back to was the Saturday before Thanksgiving. And due to concern from a couple of students and a couple of uh, parents actually, um, we decided to move that into the future because they were saying, you know, like it's so close, like to be around their families right after that, they didn't want to risk like being around other people, uh, especially that big of a group of other people. So we, yeah, after a lot of prayer and consideration, it was, it was heartbreaking because it was going to be such a beautiful retreat. Um, but that will just be pushed into the future. Um, and we'll just have to wait and see what the future looks like. But yeah, that, that was something that was very hard for us because retreats are such a boost in your faith and it really helps to bring people together and, and form those relationships that wouldn't form on a Wednesday uh, night meeting. Yeah. So, Although, uh, Rebecca, I have to give you a lot of credit. Um, I do follow both of your social media accounts, but um, I do, whoever's running your social media account has been doing a great job of showing some of the... Um, some of the the Wednesday night meetings and the conversations that are are being had and uh, like so I've seen some of the things that have been on there lately you know when it comes to those Wednesday nights like what 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 is it that you're talking about with uh with the students because it's more and I don't mean to make this sound the way it may come out it's more than just spiritual I mean there are some very nuts and bolts things like you you recently had one on relationships right mm -hmm. like romantic relationships yeah that's what we love to do is to take something that is kind of common sense as part of everyone's life, especially in college. You know, you do a lot of soul searching and figuring out if, you know, your vocation is marriage and you do that through dating people and through prayer. And I think sometimes relationships are the maybe one of the least talked about things in the church, you know, because it's hard to speak to something that's so personal because it differs from like person to person, what your relationship looks like. But we thought it would be nice to have in a married couple who is just such, you know, an, a good example of what a faith filled marriage looks like to encourage the students and to show them like this exists. And, you know, these these are some indicators that this person might be somebody that you should consider marriage with. Or maybe this is a red flag or if you can't uh, have this kind of argument or conversation with them, then that's definitely a red flag. So it's just it's like common sense stuff that sets them up for a happy future within their vocation. Um and that was part of our vocations month. So we had uh, the CFR sisters in the week before. And the week before that, we had um, Carlos Santa Teresa, Deacon Carlos Santa, Santa Teresa. Um, he was at our parish for the weekend. So he gave his homily on, you know, the call to the priesthood. So we discussed that the following week. So we had a, a really good variety of, you know, the vocations coming in. And yeah, Kim and Mark did a wonderful job in speaking to the students about uh, what a Catholic marriage looks like. You know, I, I think we may have given the two. I gave you the short shrift. Uh, Carrie doesn't make any mistakes. Um, but uh, I should probably, our listeners should probably know a little bit about your backgrounds. Like what kind of brought you to this? Uh, Allie, we did talk to you about that once before, probably on the Butchered mm -hmm. podcast. So I just want to talk again. What, what brought you to campus ministry? I can go first. I'll just, you know, when I was in college, 
Um, I didn't start off practicing the faith and through a series of events, just had a real dramatic and radical um, reversion to Catholicism. And the Lord really put into my life people, um, you know, there's this, did, did you guys see the movie, Paul? Anyway, there's movie Paul that came out a few years ago and there's this line in it where Paul is talking to Luke and says, you know, there's that moment where God just comes in and breaks open your heart. And in that moment, you are completely known and completely loved. Mm. I feel like that I had that experience when I was studying at Mount St. Mary's University. Um, and through, and because of that, I wanted to, I just felt like the Lord had transformed my life so much that I couldn't keep it to myself, that it, I had to give it away, that my life was meant to be in service to the Lord. And so that led me on a journey to work for two years with the Fellowship of Catholic University students. Um, then I worked as a therapist for a, lo- a great number of years before coming back into campus ministry. Um, back to where sort of, you know, I grew up in South Jersey and um, from when I went away to college to when I came back as a campus minister, I did not live in New Jersey. And so that really the Lord, I feel like called me back here to, um, to be an instrument for, for college students and hopefully, you know, help other people have that moment where they know that they are completely known and completely loved um, in their life. That's beautiful. And I think you're encouraging and giving good witness to some others of the young adults uh, for being focused missionaries. Cause I know one that you and I both know recently applied, I believe, or was considering applying. And I think that's amazing. You're just continuing to, to just get these evangelizers out there on the college campuses through the work and the witness of the work that you do, which is yeah. really incredible. And Rebecca had a student um, focused missionary from last year. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, Carrie, you actually know him, Tim Broderick. I know he was coming to your Oh, meeting. yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's in focus now? hmm Oh, my gosh. It, a, a lot of our people overlap. It's great. They can't get enough Catholic young adult ministry. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> really can't. Tim is a good man. That's awesome to hear that. I'm really excited to hear that. Great. Good work. How about you, Rebecca? What's your background in? Um, yeah, definitely very Catholic, born and raised <laughs> uh, practicing the faith, going to daily mass, went away to college. And uh, yeah, first semester freshman year was a very tough time for many different reasons. Uh, drew me away from my faith just out of feeling um, like a distance from God. And just this, I guess this belief that he didn't care about me or didn't, you know, like there was, there was just some kind of disconnect there that that led me into a different kind of life. And then uh, a friend invited me to go on a Kairos retreat with her through the campus ministry at the Mount. And I went on it very reluctantly. I even had like pink eye or something when I went on it. And I was like, yeah. no, you can go. And everybody was like, no, you still have to go where you like, you can come. Um, so it was just, I <laughs> thought it was going to be the worst weekend ever. And yeah, had that breakthrough moment with God where I just, I had never felt so much peace and, and, uh, like that personal choice to want to follow God because I knew his love for me, that I could actually feel it for the first time in that way, um, especially from my end, uh, just mm-hmm. just feeling that love in return. And from there, just got very involved in campus ministry, um, made a whole new group of friends. And it just, 
I have to say the people that you surround yourself with are very important because they can either push you in a really good direction or a really bad direction. And my friends were always constantly pushing me toward the Lord and toward uh, like his goodness and helping me learn more about him. And I changed my major to theology. So I was learning about, you know, Jesus and his church and all of my classes. And it was just this perfect storm of like passion for the Lord. Like just the only thing I wanted to do was just let people know about him because I want them to be in heaven with me. You know, like I want everyone to know that joy and that peace that comes from it. Um, So then after graduation, I went into teaching for two years. I taught at St. Rose of Lima Elementary School. Uh, I taught them religion and it was a beautiful experience. It really was. I love teaching. And then I, you know, felt that inkling that the Lord was calling me on to something else. And uh, here I am now on my second year at Rowan as the campus minister. And it has been incredible. And I do feel like, uh, you know, they talk about your, your calling in life is where the world's great need and your great desire meet. And I feel like this is the answer to all the desires of my heart and everything that the Lord has gifted me with in my life. And then it's like, I can see also the need at Rowan for something like this. Um, so it's been incredible. Oh, great. Does that sound wow. familiar to you at all, Carrie? It very oh. much sounds like your story a little bit too. Similarly. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Don't you, I, you, yeah. I don't think it can be, I don't think it can be undervalued the importance that Catholic campus ministry has, particularly at a public uh, mm-hmm. co- university. Uh, if for no other reason, I know in my own life, um, like this was the age when, you know, I started questioning things. And when I, I started to make that move away. Now, now that age for me is many, many, many years ago. I'm old now. But, um, but I remember those early 20s like they were yesterday and how easy mm-hmm. it was to get sucked away down another path. Um, and thank God, you know, in my case, I had met my, my now wife who had this strong group of Catholic friends and they were the ones that ended up. So I didn't have, I didn't have the formal Newman experience like, like you have, and the three of you are are providing now, but I did have that experience where it was a tight knit group of very orthodox friends who really figured out a way of keeping me on a path when it would have been far easier for me to go down a, a very non- Catholic path. So I, I think the, the three of you, quite frankly, but certainly Rebecca and Allie, deserve a great deal of credit of, you know, trying to be those uh, guideposts on these young people's lives to kind of kind of keep them on the straight and narrow uh, at these times when they're questioning everything. I, I am curious. I mean, do you ever get sort of bogged down and upset with how you might see some of these students? Like if you ever lose a student or maybe it takes a little while to bring them back? You know, Mike, I think, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said like in your early twenties, like you have all these questions. And I think that that's like a, such a normal experience developmentally. That's what's supposed to be happening. Um, Like we're supposed to be asking questions about, I remember asking myself that, like, do I believe this or do I just believe this because this is what I've always done? Mm -hmm. I think um, that's what our students are going through. Like they are inundated with just like everyone trying to get their attention on social media, like in classes on campus, you know, with their own insecurities and their own questions, like trying to figure out what is true, what is good, what is beautiful, how do I make um, a good life? And some students, you know, are gonna say, yes, like this is it. Like I have found my people. 
some students are going to say no. Um, and that's okay. You know, not to like monopolize, I'll just tell a quick story. When I was um, doing one of my internships for counseling, um, one of my very first clients said, yep, said, you know, I hate to tell you this, but you're not really good at it. Oh, oh you know, what? I, and I thought he was right. Like I wasn't good at it. I wasn't meant to help him. And I could take that with like joy because there was other people who said, you're great. You know, you've helped me so much. But I think that's the thing. Like, so, like, I'm not going to reach everyone at Stockton. Like, I'm just not like God didn't create me to be the savior. He created me to be me and I'll reach some people and some I won't. So just not to get bogged down. It's not about my job is to just open the, like, let the door be opened and everyone gets their own free choice of what, what they want to do with that. Wow. That yeah, is so incredibly agree. wise, Allie. Very wise. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's something that I always think about like throughout my life. I read this probably six years ago, but it was in a book of quotes by mother Teresa. And she would say when people would ask her, like, how do you do your work? Or, you know, like, how do you do all these difficult things? And she would always respond saying that it's God's work. Um, and because, like, I really keep that in mind, just like it's God's work with, with everything thinking about campus ministry. Like, it's what he wants done and he will get it done. And if somebody chooses of their own free will to not continue coming or something like that, that God still has a plan for them and God will still constantly reach out to them for the rest of their life. Um, so that's nothing for for me to break my own heart over because, you know, the Lord will consistently reach out to them and like, yeah, just trusting in the power of prayer and not letting that kind of stuff get to you because God's got it. You know, you, you three are three of the most enlightened human beings I've ever met because <laughs> I, all I really do is curse and punch at stuff, but uh, <laughs> I, I wish I had your, uh, I wish I had your, your sense of, uh, of uh, spiritual uh, calmness. The, um, well, Carrie, um, thank you very much for agreeing to co-host this with me today. Oh, and it's a joy. It's a joy. Rebecca, These ladies are amazing. I, I love it. And we really do need to do this again uh, sometime in the hopefully near future, maybe in the next semester when we can all get together. Maybe we can bring the chaplains in um, yeah. uh, to join us on that one. I know Father, uh, both Father John and, uh, oh, shoot, Father Francis? Philip. 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 Sorry. Sorry, Father Philip. And Father Philip would be great on the, the the podcast. We've had Father John on before. We haven't had Father Philip mm -hmm. on, so he, he'd be great as well. Um, so everybody, if you know somebody in college, uh, encourage them to seek out their Newman Center. Uh, they're on almost every university, public university in, in the country. So everybody, thank you very much for listening. Ladies, thank you very much for being on the podcast. And to everyone else, we'll chat with you again next week. Bye. God bless.